The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 96 of the MX Vice Show podcast, coming to you straight off of the back of the MXGP of Lombardia, round two of the 2022 FIM Motocross World Championship. We were back in Mantua for the 1700th time in the last three years. Felt like we'd never left, to be honest. And what an experience it was. Some good racing across the day. Maybe not the best, but we'll get to that. And we'll get to some of the problems as well as the good things. There's a lot to talk about. Maybe not so much the results, but there is a lot to tackle at the moment, you could say. And we will tackle that thanks to the support of Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, the Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix D Braces, and Armor Nutrition. Obviously, we'll have Liat ask Vice anything coming up, the Planet Moto Bombshell of the Week. And no armor you smarter than a birth this week. We will bring that back at some point. Every time I start the podcast, I'm like, well, I wish I prepared for that. Maybe that'll start again from episode 100. But then I feel like we kind of ran out of questions and I just, I don't know. We'll figure that one out. We'll figure it out. I'm your host, Lewis Phillips. And before we get on with the podcast, I'd like to share with you a very important message about the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Because Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game, and the Formula Helmet won the game at the weekend with Rick Elzinger in the EMX 250 class. Fly Racing supporting uh, Hutton Metal Yamaha with gear and the Formula Helmet in 2022. And based on the way that the EMX GP of Lombardia went, you would bet that the Fly Racing Formula Helmet may be en route to a championship. Maybe just. Elzinger looked very good, both on the bike and gear setup-wise. As I mentioned, I'm your host, Lewis Phillips, who I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing of at this point. And with me is my co-host, who was at a GP for the second week in a row. We're not really sure why or what is going on, or with many questions, but it's James Burfield. How's it going, James? It's going well, Lewis. Yes, two in a row. Uh, that uh, row will actually break because uh, I won't be in Argentina, but it was good to be at Mantova and... Uh, you know, actually, the last time I was in Mantova was, I think it was like 2017. So, unlike you... Um, it was 2016, James. 16, there we go. It was a long, long time ago. So, I didn't get to go to the 18 uh, GPs at Mantova last year. I would like to announce that I have run for the mayor of Mantova. The rule was that you have to spend a certain amount of time in the city for over a three-year period. And I've far surpassed that, so I'm officially running for the mayor of Mantova. And my first order of business will be stopping 
the dictatorship that is trying to take every single round of VMX GP series. They must be stopped. I've never seen evil like it. Like Pokemon, they've got to have them all. They have a lot of energy. To, you know, it's just let somebody else have some. Just make it stop, please. I just need it to stop. I mean, the talk from the pad at the weekend was possibly another three rounds there. Okay, I don't think I heard that, James, but I did hear we're going back there once. Mm. I don't think we're going back there three times. Well, you never know, Lewis. You never know. No, I'm going to jump straight in and say I think you're wrong on that. (laughs) I heard that that we are going back there once. (laughs) And I'll be excited for that. I really will. I'll be ready. I'll be excited to see the woman in the supermarket who recognized me and said, oh, you're back for MXGP, because that is how much we go to Mantova. I think the problem what they're going to have for the series this year is the, the lack of promoters, the amount of people that are willing to actually put the money in to, to take the GPs on. Not true, James. Not true. They've actually got a over, they're actually oversubscribed with promoters and already have a waiting list for the 2023 season. And that's great, Lewis. I really appreciate that, that, that feedback you've just given me. However, um, it seems to be um, that there seems to be a, a good opportunity with Mantova to have these uh, rounds, which are then cancelled in TBA. So I appreciate you're coming with your positive comments with uh, different promoters and everything else. However, I do believe uh, that as these GPs get cancelled this year because of what's going on in Russia and blah, 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 they will be replaced with Mantova. Yeah, but it's because, um, yeah, there are a lot of new countries on a waiting list to host a GP. But the problem is you're not going to fill a TBA with a new country because that's just not really possible to get a new round in a new country sorted out in three months, two months. Sometimes it's less than that. Which is why you fall back on your your trusty friend, Mantova. The man who will never let you down. Not three, James, maybe one. But we'll see. We'll Uh, see. I don't know. I don't know. Latvia, Finland, and Sweden. Well, I like Latvia and I like Sweden. Finland could do one. Never been, but I'm just, I have zero interest in going to Finland. But my, the reason I have zero interest in going to Finland is because booking a hotel was an absolute nightmare. And that tells me that we are heading to the arse end of Finland. Why would you not want to ride in a place what's got Father Christmas? What is wrong Speaking with you? Speaking of Father Christmas, Mantua has some serious issues because, because the supermarket still had Christmas decorations up. So I have no idea what Mantua... I feel like Mantua is a city that we all should check in on. Maybe like it's our friend we should check in on maybe a couple more times because they've gone absolutely bonkers with the amount of races they want to hold and they've still got Christmas decorations up. So like I walked into the supermarket on Friday morning and there was um, a Christmas tree, Christmas presents hanging from the ceiling, like lights, or they were all on, not just left there. No, no. Christmas tree was lit up like a fucking sparkler. Well... But Christmas is so good, why just keep it for a few days? I like what Mantova's doing. They just bring the happiness every day. Just can't go back. When I was younger, I really wanted to go to Mantova because it was quite a famous track. I think I'm done with that now. <laughs> you, <laughs> I think, you, think that, that feeling has passed. <laughs> well, um, you could find yourself at Cullen this weekend. Uh, that's a hard pass. Obviously, the <laughs> British Championship will not be attending. <laughs> Someone said to me, oh, at a weekend, someone said to me, oh, you're coming to the British Championship this year. I went, I don't know where the fuck you heard that. <laughs> uh, but never mind, we'll get to that, we'll get to that. So, where to begin? Guys are one again. Not surprising. However, similar to Matterley, 
The results tell you that it was a dominant guys a weekend, and I'm still not quite there. I'm still not quite there. I'm still on that Prado train as I was in the preseason podcast. But as a guys a backer for the championship, James, what did you think of Geyser's performance? I think he'd done what he needed to do. Um, uh, race two, absolutely owned it. Uh, race one was literally just behind Prado. He, he's literally just ticking the boxes and just literally putting you know points together. I mean, I, I understand you're on the Prado bandwagon, but that second race of Prado also made him look average. Uh, Prado had sand in his eyes from the third lap and could barely see, said he had double vision and like was seeing two of one rut and stuff, which is why he also crashed. Also, Mantova is a very difficult track to pass on, as we saw from a few guys across the weekend. There was a few guys that spent an abnormal amount of time behind riders they would otherwise handle quite easily. Okay. Um, that's great. Thanks for those excuses. But no, I thought Geyser is in total command of this, of this championship already. I'm not seeing anything from, from anyone else which is going to change my mind on this uh, until people return from injury. And at that point, he's going to be so far ahead. He's got this wrapped up. Literally has this wrapped up. It's round two. Over. Okay, that's wrong. I'm still... Prado is going to win this championship. Hello? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello. Uh, I'm just wondering what you're drinking. Um, His starts are on point. His starts are great. And uh, as we saw in Moto 1, an immediate advantage. Moto 1, he set some of the fastest times at the end of the race. And every time guys are inch closer, Prado immediately responded, telling me he's got more in the tank when he needs it. And in a straight-up duel against Geyser, on a track that Geyser's been very good on at points, Prado has that in his back pocket. But Geyser's Free. just smart. He, he well, literally, and Prado isn't? I'm not saying he's not, but Geyser was smart. He's like, okay, I'll just win race two. I'll no, get I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, because if you were reading HRC's pit board, they were, it seemed to me that they were getting increasingly frustrated that uh, Geyser wasn't doing anything with Prado. That pit board said, pass now, probably five laps in a row. And it was getting quite frantic. And I was like, oh, like, I feel like they're kind of uh, wondering why guys has just sat here. Uh, I think the pit board can, can say whatever it wants and the mechanic can do whatever it wants. But he was judging the situation as the rider. And the, in, in, I think he was quite right. You know, sit in second, absolutely fine. Put pressure on. If he makes a mistake, great. But look, it's a long season. Why, throw, why make chances and throw it away? Because then he's just going to end up giving the Prado the championship. I think I think he was super sensible and he knows what he's got to do to win this title. That's what I've seen from this weekend. He's taking his chances when he needs to take his chances. Otherwise, he's like saying, do you know what? I'm going to sit here. I'm going to pick up the points because every time I'm getting 44, 47 or 50 points, it's 50 more points or 44 points than, than Hurlins. It's seven or eight more points than Prado. It's just chipping away. I love it. I love the strategy. Counterpoint. Prado's on an all-new bike, Geyser isn't. Prado should technically only get better from here. And, in addition, we don't know what Prado can do with momentum. If Prado goes 1-1 in Argentina, then I could see a streak starting. And you know what? You know what's going to be interesting? Here's, a, here's an in-depth bloody analysis for you. Okay. We all, we all think, we all believe that Geyser is slightly different when Hurling's races. Yep. If Prado starts to reel off some wins here, and Prado is consistently starting ahead of Geyser, I wonder if Prado starts to take that role a little bit, where Geyser stares at the back of his jersey and is like, oh my God, again, what, like, oh my God, again, oh my God, again. Starts to overthink the starts a little bit, because he sat there going, Prado's going to get the whole shot. I know Prado's going to get the whole shot. Wondering how Prado 
getting Geyser's head coming up if Prado can get on a bit of a roll here, which obviously he hasn't won a GP yet, so we're quite far from that. Geyser is a one on a roll. But that'll be an interesting thing to watch develop. Okay, uh, kind of that one. Um, although Prado is on an all-new bike, Geyser's on an all-new chassis. Oh, so it's not like he's on last year's bike and last year's sh- chassis. It's completely different. Um, and it's taken a little bit of uh, time to adapt to that. So we're going to see a better Geyser coming as well. Okay, counterpoint. <laughs> Prado has never started a season this strong and typically gets stronger as the season goes on. So there's nothing telling us that Prado isn't only going to get better, whereas Geyser historically starts with a bang, as we saw in Russia last year. I like your counterpoint, and you can keep your counterpoint because... Have you uh, run out of things to say? <laughs> I've run out of things to say. And also, um, let's just check uh, the points for the World Championship. And it's exactly what I'm saying. He's doing what he needs to do. He has either finished first or second. Prado, on the other hand, please check his results. There's no counter to that. There's no counter to that. That is the form of a world champion, doing what he needs to do. Not taking risks. If the win's there, he takes the win. If he needs to sit in second... The Prado Peugeot. I know, because you're dropping everybody else in, in the meantime. I, I, I love it that you're, all, you're, all, you're in on Prado. That's great. But facts are facts. And I'm just looking at the World Championship uh, points here. And the guys just dropped six points from a maximum 100. And you're telling me that, you know, blah, 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 blah. There's, there's, that's, a, that's, there's a great that's a great counterpoint. There it is. Counterpoint. I think we need to move on. Let's move Matt- on. Oh, one more. Matali and Mantova are geyser tracks. Oh, here we go. Jesus Christ. But the problem is, so is Portugal, so is Trentino. (laughs) So I'm not really seeing where that stops. Because I'd say Argentina probably is as well. With Okay, here's here's another counterpoint. Uh, Maxime Renault, um, who is a rookie this year, is five points behind Prado. Yeah, Renault was good. Um... Again, not surprising because the preseason races just spoil everything for us and took any joy that we could have had away. So thanks for that. He was good. Still, I don't think on the level of... Ah, no, I shouldn't say that. The first motor was very impressive. The first motor, he had Geyser and Prado's speed on lock. He was the fastest guy behind them and both Geyser and Prado's pit boards were telling them, Renault is coming, Renault is coming, Renault, Renault, Renault. So Renault was probably, maybe, if not joint fastest, the fastest in that first moto. Second moto was obviously a better result, but less impressive to me because he kind of just held the position, didn't really have much, um, much to give. Although when Geyser made that mistake, Renault did give it a good fight, which showed that he isn't intimidated or anything. One comment on Renault. This is all very surprising. I mean, it's not because of the preseason races, but it was before La Capelle when that spoiled everything for us. He's kind of on track though because the injuries that he's had in his career really threw him off path. But now suddenly he's kind of jumped right back in where he should have been without those injuries. So like without the injuries, he's actually kind of following the path quite nicely. It's just that it seems quite fast now because obviously the injuries cost him time, but somehow he's made that up uh, quite quickly. Uh, I think a couple of things. I spoke to Louis Vosters, his team owner of uh, Monster Energy uh, Yamaha. He mentioned that they seen... Uh, when they were in preseason in December, they seen the speed he was carrying and they were all very, very excited. 
Um, and this is even before he hit the preseason races. They kind of knew between, like, within the team that uh, they've got something special here. And at 21 years old, um, to be third in a championship, five points behind Prado, we've got something special on our hands. I think, I think this kid could go on to um, be a dominant force over the next six, seven years. I really do. Um, I've seen enough in the, in the first two rounds to, uh, to tell me that um, if that's what he can do in, the, in, in literally the first two rounds, and he's, he's not been on the 450 that much, and, and, and you can see the, 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 the strengths that he's working on. Like he's getting, he's getting stronger, he's getting more fitter on the 450. The end of the races in Matali, it kind of tailed off a little bit. With um, Mantova, it was till the end. So I, um, I think that's just going to get better and better throughout the year. I think, I think he's going to be... You know, I think he's going to keep Prado in, in Geyser Honest at this point. From everything I've seen, I don't think it's just a two-horse race. Well, no, it's not because old Jezza's going to be in there too. And he's, he's above Renault. He's not. He's he three is. points behind in a champion. No, but theoretically, he is, I, he is a better rider and he is more in this fight than Renault. Okay, but um, I, I'll take that because, um, yeah, I, I agree. But however, so we've got four, we got, we got four people in this fight. Okay, so break down the percentages after two rounds with what we know now. Uh, as, as much as I'm bigging up Renault and Jeremy and Prado, I still think Guys is in total control. I'm going to go uh, 50... Uh, I'd go 50... 30... 10, 10. I literally have no idea what riders those numbers go to. The, as the top four stands. So Geyser 50, Prado 40, uh, sorry, Prado 30, uh, Renault 10, Seaward 10. I will go Geyser, Geyser 40, Prado 40, Sewer 20. That's mine. Speaking of Sewer, very, 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 very sad after the race. Never seen him like that, I don't think. He was... Just very frustrated, obviously crashed three times, very similar crashes, basically the same crash three times. Twice in Moto2 and once in Moto1, I think. Yeah, he was just pretty distraught and pretty like annoyed at himself for making that mistake so many times. And on a day when he actually had quite good speed and I think would have been on the podium had he, had he been able to keep it upright. But for whatever reason, he couldn't. And uh, talking to him after the race, apparently this is a consistent problem. I said to him that Three very similar crashes. It must have been a front end issue, a tire issue. It must have been something to do with your setup. And he said, no, actually, I struggle. I've always kind of been a front end wash guy, even back to the Suzuki days. So that's always kind of been a problem for me, which I don't even remember or notice. So yeah, but apparently, like, obviously not to this level where he's crashing three times in two motos, but he was, um, he was not happy after the race, but I know but he has already turned his attention to Argentina, put that in the rearview mirror, and is looking to come out swinging at Nurquin. So interesting to see what he does there. And kind of a big race for him, because if, he, if he's off the podium again, then that means he starts to lose his shine a little bit. So I do think he's got to come out and make a bit of a statement when we get to, um, when we get to Argentina. Between Renault and Prado in the overall results was Brian Bogers in fourth. And I'm happy for Bogus because as I've said on the po this podcast before, I do believe he gets a bad rap because of how badly his Honda years went. There's a bit of a stigma around him. But I'm happy for Bogus. Like he's and it's not even really that out of place. Like he is that good. He is that capable. Like he is that good a rider, huh, James? Yeah, I'm I'm really, really impressed with Bogus this year. I think 
I think he's in a good place. I think uh, mentally, physically, I think he's uh, he's in a really good place this year. I spoke to him um, over the last few rounds. One of the interesting um, one of the interesting things I learned over the weekend was uh, I was talking to him, and he said that uh, he watched uh, Game Changers, which is a Netflix documentary, and um, he's decided to uh, try being a vegetarian after watching the documentary. And uh, within one week, he said he felt like he had more energy. He wasn't a big steak eater before, but he did eat a lot of chicken. And uh, he's completely changed his diet. Um, is total vegetarian. No one else in his family, his partner, they're not vegetarian. It's just he's doing it himself. And uh, literally after one week, he said that he just feels like he's less lethargic. He's got way more energy. Uh, he feels good. He's in a good place. So... Um, I thought that was interesting because um, not a lot really has changed um, apart from his diet. So um, who knows? But like I said, he, he looks in really good form at the moment. And he just looks, I don't know, more complete, right? I think that maybe the confidence, I don't know. Um, but something's definitely clicked there. And he's really stepped out this year. He's just a perfect second rider on a factory team. He is a perfect Second guy on standing construct, I believe. I really do. Olsen, sick overall. That was the first. I see. This is what I get a bad rap as well as Bogus because all along I've been saying that Olsen needs to show a flash of speed. Olsen needs to show something. There's got to be more there. There's blah, blah, blah. And everyone, including you, tells me I'm harsh, but this is what I was waiting to see. Mantova was easily Olsen's best 450 ride, showed that he has a bit of speed, bit of pace, something about him. And there we go. Now he's grabbing the headlines a little bit. Six four was unlucky to get six, but yeah, great fourth um, in race two, and he kept, you know, like Prado at bay. There was literally a, there was a stream of them. Literally, a, was it four riders which were all vying for that um, uh, fourth position? In what uh, race two? I can't remember. Yeah, but it, it, I, I, you know where before people would have chipped away, Olsen just looked to get better throughout that race. He, he just looks, again, I don't know what's changed in the off-season, but maybe he's down to his last year in his contract. Maybe he's got to put everything on the line this year and step it up. Maybe that's going over in his mind. Or maybe not being on a factory team has taken that edge off a little bit. And let's not forget, he was kind of the only rider on Ice One last year. Jazakonis was there, but obviously not really. Like He was there to build up and not like no one was really looking to him to do anything. So Olsen was kind of the only guy on Ice One last year. So maybe, I mean, he's the only 450 guy on Diga, so maybe that's a wash. But then, like I say, Diga isn't a factory team. So maybe being the only guy on Ice One did weigh heavily on him. And maybe we can apply a similar theory when we get to the rider in 10th place. And I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And the pressure, what they must have felt having Kimi Raikkonen watching in the weekend as well. Who's they? Ben Watson. Oh, what, uh, they, they means multiple people. Well, are you still on the bandwagon? Because when I include... Well, oh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Okay. Actually, yeah, let's just go there. First of all, how the hell did Ben go 16-11 for 10th overall? <laughs> and there's a few like that. Like, Tixia went 15-9 for 9th overall. Like, how's that possible? But then Olsen went 6-4 for 6th. Like, I don't really understand. I'm actually very confused. I, I was really impressed with Tixier. Tixier's turn of speed. Uh, Race two was really, really good. And he came through the pack as well. 
I'm really impressed by these overall results. Like, but there's no other irregular, irregularities, which is weird. It doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess for DNFs from Beaton and Ferrato, maybe did something, and Jonas maybe did something like to. Let, let's talk about Ben for a bit before we go back to um, you know people like Fernandez and, and Van Horbeek and Koldenhoff. I don't have anything. Oh, I've got a lot to say about. I'm sure you have. Okay, yeah, Ben, go. So, obviously, something's not quite right. Uh, we're not seeing the Ben Watson of what we've seen, um, you know, previous years. Second year, obviously, with Remain out, that literally the sole focus is on him with the Japanese and Anti and also Kimi Raikkonen. So, uh, that's got to be a lot of pressure. He doesn't look himself, does he, on the bike at the moment? I just think it was a shorter off-season. Like I said, they haven't really done much testing. He's kind of on Fevra's bike from last year, aside from suspension. And I think that it's just going to take a bit of time for him to kind of loosen up and get to the Ben level that we know, which is, which is right around that top five. Um, I don't think there's any reason to panic. I don't think there's any reason to be concerned. I think it will come, and I think it just needs something to flick the switch. So a good start a good qualifying time, a good qualifying race, something, something, something like that, but just kind of flicks the switch and changes the momentum around. I mean, that's all it will take. Argentina was obviously his breakout ride in MX2, the first race he did on Yamaha, so maybe that's something. Portugal was also... Uh, Portugal is actually was still one of the most impressive bend rides I've ever seen. His first year on Yamaha as well. So we're coming up to some tracks. Uh, Trentino, he won there. So we are coming up to some tracks where he's done well. So I imagine that if it's not Argentina, I imagine in the next three events, things will start to roll, things will start to come together, and um, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, I think uh, I read on Instagram yesterday that uh, February had um, his screws taken out. Uh, looks like it's probably a week or two to heal. Um, I think Argentina's probably uh, a bit of a stretch. That's really because really, last week you yelled at me for saying I doubt he'll be in Argentina. Yeah, I didn't realize, like, literally just yesterday he had his, uh, the screws taken out. Also, so. you say that he's your best friend. His name, is Ro- his name is Roman, not Romaine. Okay, well, he likes when I call him that. Okay, so you claim that this guy's your best friend and you repeatedly just mess up something quite, like, I understand there are pronunciations that I mess up, but they're quite complex. Roman, Romaine is quite just, like, no one has ever called him Romaine. Fevre, yeah, you can pronounce it how you want, because everyone just floats their own boat on that one, but, yeah. Right, thanks for that, prick. Just little lessons with Lewis. Mitch Evans, 12th. That was a big improvement for him. Another step forward. His progress, again, should just be a bit of a slow burner over the next uh, seven rounds, I'd say. Speed Can't is judging there. too much. Speed is there. Ninth in, was it eighth in qualifying? Uh, I think he went 7-8 in the two practice sessions. Yeah, speed is there. You can work with speed. You can't judge him too harshly until we get to the halfway point of the season. Obviously, Mr. Year, still struggling with a range of motion in his wrist, still struggling with conditioning, still struggling with comfort, basically everything. So, can't judge him too harshly. That's a really good result for his second race back, a really good stepping stone for him to build off of going forward. Argentina was obviously good for him. His first year in Europe, he finished on the podium there. So, yeah, I think it's fine. It's fine. Nothing to really comment on. It's all fine. It will just be a bit of a slow burner. And once we get to round 10, then we can start talking about Mitch seriously and making serious claims, discussions, bent tracing about his performances. Worth noting that he did say, off the record, so like not lying on a microphone, 
But the team have been very supportive and they understand the situation and they are fully backing him step by step on this very long process. So I, I, I kind of just thought that those rumors might start at some point that all oh, HRC aren't happy, but no, not the case at all. Uh, he's been through a lot and um, I think they're fully, they, they're fully invested. They understand what he's been through and uh, it's good to see a team supporting him. Uh, let's, let's go back to, can we go back to Koldenoff? Uh, well, actually, we haven't got there yet because he's coming up. Okay. So, like, we can't go back to something that we haven't... Passed. And I want to talk about Fernandez as well. I mean... Okay, I don't have much to say about him, but you can talk to about Fernandez now if you like. Okay, just like... I think one of the interesting things, if he didn't have the, uh, you know, the bad moto in, um, in Matali in the, in the first, first race, uh, we could be look at it, looking at him around about fifth in the championship, which is, you know, would, would be fantastic. At the moment, he's seventh. I, I, I like what I see. He doesn't look at a place there. Um, right call to go up on the 450. He does look good. How um, can he be seventh in the championship when he scored one point in a moto? He's basically only scored points in three motos. How the hell does that put you seventh in the championship? These yeah. points are weird. Like the overall results and the actual championship points are strange. Like actually make no sense. I just think it's where a few people have just had, um, you know, three consistent rides and then, you know, one bad one. Um, you know, look at uh, Lupino had a bad, obviously, with Matali. Uh, Ferrato had a race, race two issue. Um, so Fernandez has eight po- uh, 48 points. That would put him ninth in the championship after two rounds last year. So the, the, average, the average points haul across two rounds is lower than last year. Mm-hmm. Watson's 12th with 33 points. After two rounds last year, that would have put him... 33? Oh, that would have put him 12th again. Not going to lie, this is quite an interesting little game, and you can look for this in some sort of stat article on this weekend off because I'm quite Brilliant. enjoying this little process. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> I'm quite enjoying this a... game of comparisons. That's that's going to be a great one to read. Well, let's 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 go. Let's just play the game once more. 2020. Fernandez, 48 points, would have put him after two rounds in eighth. So yeah, seventh is a little high for that points all, but not too irregular. Yep. You've cut, you've kind of just put me off MXGP now, to be honest. <laughs> well, it kind of did that to me. For the racing, you are so negative. No, I'm joking. I am you are. You're, you're literally negative. Yeah, Vlandrin. Vlandrin rode really, really well in that first moto. Much better than anyone would notice or talk about. No one's going to give him the credit. He rode really well in that first moto. Struggling with bike setup. Struggling with bike setup a lot. Not in a very good place. Struggling with arm pump because of that. So there is more to come. But that first moto ride coming through the field was good. That was definitely worth talking about. Definitely worth tip of the hat. Definitely something that should get more acknowledgement. So kudos on that. Vlandrin, not going to Argentina. Jazakonis, not going to Argentina. Van Horbeek, not going to Argentina. Van Donick, not going to Argentina. And what's the reasons for this? Just cost? Yeah. Wow. So we are going to see a, a depleted field at Argentina for MX, uh, MX2 well, and MXGP. I haven't checked with everyone. But if I look through the results now, uh, they're definitely, 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 no, no, definitely, no, definitely, no, yes. I mean, no. what about people like Usland in Kosh in... Um, Kosh will not be in Argentina. In Lupino in... Lupino won't... If, well, if Van Horbeck's not going, I guess Lupino isn't, because that would be a beta no, decision. No, Guillo's not going to be going, Jazakonis not going. Guillo um, didn't make it to bloody Mantua. <laughs> what about Tixier? I would doubt Tixier is going as a privateer, but maybe. 
I mean, Conrad's going as a privateer. But I, if I count this, I think we're going to have 14 regulars. Oh, my God. In MXGP, maybe 15, maybe 16 at a push, which, to be honest, isn't that different. But it's, I guess it, we're coming out of COVID, and I guess people are still struggling with budget-wise. I, maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think this is where common sense has to prevail. And I think this is all that's... Like, overseas is just a step too far, unless you're going to support the teams. I'm I actually... I don't think anyone would have thought this would happen. Really? <laughs> I, I, would have, I would have... When I found out that Gebbon weren't going, I was shocked, because I felt like, I feel like Gebbon and Beta. Beta is a factory team. I feel like they probably well, shouldn't have an issue. Well, I think, you, you know, I, I'm connected with the industry in a few different ways. In oh, okay, James. <laughs> Sorry. Do you want your own podcast? <laughs> Uh, one, one of the things which is the biggest thing for me is the supply and manufacture at the moment. You know, there's some teams which are, uh, are still using some of last year's parts because they haven't got the new parts for this year. So I, I think with that, with what's going on in Russia, coming out of COVID, uh, literally the season finish in November, it's not a shock. Like, I don't... And not only this, I think, I think in front, I think the alarm bells... If they're not ringing, they should be ringing because with World Supercross coming up, none of these riders are going to be doing World Supercross, James. I'm not saying that, Lewis. If you could let me finish, please. But what you've got is you've got more eyes on different prizes. And then what happens is people are then spreading their budget over other series. This is all going to like take its toll on, on the World Championship and in front of it's not in, not in a massive way, but little ways. And I think this is, I, I mean, you know, I'm just a nobody who's just like looking at this and I can, I can see a pattern here. Um, things are going to change. And uh, I think, I hope that they're listening and they're going to make these changes because a thousand pounds or a thousand euros to enter a race um, and with no team support and everything else it's going to get harder and harder and harder to keep these, these riders on the... Uh, and, and let's face it, we want to see 40 riders on a gate. 15 riders in a race is no fun for anyone. Not for the fans, not for the riders, not for anyone. Counter, the series does have to go abroad. It can't just stay in Europe. So there has to be some sort of solution here. Agreed. But it has and to be also, some sort of support package. Also, again, let's not forget, we are in a really weird situation with this class at the moment because there are a lot of injuries... At, early in the championship. So you add Hurlings, you add Fevra. Immediately that takes you to a higher number and two more stars at the front, which means you less you don't notice further down as much. So it's a difficult one for that like for that reason as well, because we're not really getting a full picture here. We're basically sending a field to Argentina as if this is round seventeen with the injuries. But this is a huge corporation owned by a massive Swiss company. There should be contingencies in place. They've spent the last ten years building this series up to where it is at the moment, where even people from America listening to this podcast are listening because the racing and the riders are so good. Now, this is their product. This is their business. They should be protecting it. And that's all I'm saying is that I just think there should be more being done to, to protect the series and to keep it on the level that it's been over the last 10 years. What I'm seeing is, is just a couple of you know, a few injuries, yep, I can understand it, but there's, there doesn't seem to be no contingency plan to support these teams to make sure that the Gebbins, the Beaters and stuff like that are there at World GPs, at overseas GPs. I, I agree with you. 
we need overseas GPs. It, it can't it can be a European championship. It has to be a world championship. But, you know, they, they are the product. The riders are the product. You need them on the gate because you need that to give it uh, the competitiveness and also um, for, for people from around the world to see this as a true world-class event, but not 15 of the best riders. It should be at least 30 of the best riders. I've I, I got to be honest, I love motocross, but watching 15 riders go around in MX1, MXGP classes is not going to be fun. But you won't notice that on TV. Apart from the first quarter and a Stargate shot. <laughs> but again, if anybody can, can chip in and get Lapucci some money, he could actually score some, some valuable points in Argentina. Where's that come with, from? With two sixteenths. Because that's the irony. Why Lapucci though? That's a random player to pick. Exactly. Somebody who's not scored any points in the, in the first two rounds could then go to Argentina, invest a bit of money, go to Argentina and actually pick up more, like, you know, crazy points. Crazy might be a bit much. Well, it's eight more points than he's going to pick up in the previous two rounds. It's like, well, you might as well just not even enter the first two rounds and then just go to Argentina. Cold enough. I'm actually thinking about entering Thailand. Well, okay, I don't know what you're going to enter in Thailand because the series doesn't go there. Whatever. Indonesia, Thailand, it's all the same. You kind of were on a good way with your argument there and you kind of just, you were so close and then you just ruined it with your Thailand comment. (laughs) You were like, you were right there. You didn't even have to say anymore, but you just couldn't help yourself and your Thailand comment just kind of made you lose all credibility. (laughs) Uh, Who cares? Cold enough. Cold enough. Man, I, I don't know. Struggle bus. It's, uh, I really like learning. I hate it's nothing, there's nothing personal about this podcast, James. This is just, we're just talking about the racing. There's never anything personal. Is, is, is that your caveat? Is that your insurance policy before you say something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. Um, I don't know. Like, bike settings. Who, who knows what's, what's going on there? It's just that. You know, Hawkstone looked good pre-season and, and you know, he seemed happy and then we were in round two and you can just see it on his face, just not, not in a happy place. Just, just want to hug him, basically. I want to hug you, Glenn. Cold enough, in the Yamaha report, it says Cold enough struggled to find a suspension setup that would allow him to race at his best. I don't, the only suspension issue that I accept for Cold enough finishing 17th is if the front fork literally fell out. That's the only suspension issue that would, that would justify Glenn Coldenoff finishing 17th overall. In did, my he mind. Cr- did he crash? I'm pretty no, sure he crashed. I don't think he did. Are you sure? And if he did, it wasn't big enough where he like went back to 25th or something. Right, please talk and I'll have a look at the lap charts. But the lap charts are kind of just a steady flow back. So it's hard. Like, in my mind, Glenn Coldenoff should be able to finish top 15 overall with two wooden planks as front forks. So I don't think. There's really any the suspension issues out in my mind. Like I don't care. I don't care. Like what does that mean? Like he's also been on this bike for over well over a year now. So I don't feel like we can continue with those discussions. I feel like at this point it kind of is what it is. And at this point I don't know because it's just confusing. Because his second moto at Matterley was really really good and probably the best he's looked on the Yamaha, which is amazing. But then he did fade really bad in the first moto, and this was just an outright disaster. So. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he, he, I'm just looking at race one, and he was in uh, fourth, yep. and he finished in 18th. Yep. No, sorry, 16th. Yep. 
And if you look at a laptop, there is no clear there's, drop. There's no crashes. It was just losing a few positions each. If anything, he might have maybe tucked the front, but like nothing to justify going back to 17. No, in, in race two was 12th and finished uh, 14th. I don't know what you want me to say other than Glenn Cardinal should be able to finish top 15 overall with two wooden planks as front forks. Yeah. So I don't know. Summit's not quite right, is it? I did learn something about Coldenoff yesterday, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. Okay, probably best not to. Mm. The thing is, like, no one would know who my source is because it's important. Oh, well. um, but it, no one would know because you talk to absolutely everybody, so... <laughs> Social butterfly. <laughs> Look at you. He's on... Oh. He's, he's on a star engine. Okay. Hmm. The only Yamaha, the only factory rider on a star engine. Wow. Yeah. Didn't know that. That shocked me a little bit, to be honest. But clearly not the answer, but it is the riders in America. No. So back to the drawing board we go. Yep. Next. If I had a panic alarm, scream, shout, sad music, something, I'd play it right now, but I don't have any of that. Jonas, uh, Jonas did... Re- See, like, Jonas, come back... Jonas has basically not ridden in two months. There we go. Jonas Baumwagen. Yeah, come has on, come t- back t- from t- injury. Tell us about how great Jonas is. Jonas has basically not ridden in two months. Come back from injury. Not started the second moto and scored the same amount of points as Koldenov. <laughs> that is not a good sign. <laughs> that, that right there sums up the urgency and alarm bells of this situation. That is mind-blowing. Yeah, so Jonas, I think Jonas said he started feeling funny with his arm, uh, tendonitis in his arm on January the 12th. Basically hasn't ridden since then, really. And since the surgery, he had done two 15-minute sessions. He actually said that he was in a cast uh, when the Matterley actually ran on the Thursday before, and he actually felt like his hand was quite good. So he asked the team if he could cut his cast off and race, but they told him not to, which is probably a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, no, just fine. Uh, so the wound opened up for the second uh, in the first moto, so he couldn't race the second moto. Had to go in and get stitches again. I don't really know what that means as far as his immediate future, because it looks like he actually properly like went in for surgery again. Well, maybe not surgery, but he was in a d- hospital gown and like with a hairnet on and stuff. So in my mind, that is kind of like a serious thing. Like I kind of thought you'd just stitch it up in a bloody doctor's office or something. But then again, I'm not a doctor. So, I don't know. But I'd imagine he'll be in Argentina, but maybe not. I don't know. But Jonas, it's good to have Jonas back. We need these guys back. Great to have another name back in the field and all that. Great to see him back. Good guy. Great addition to the series. Did you see uh, the open wound on, the, on his arm? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that wasn't good. Still finished 10th with that. Yeah. No, fair play. Jeez. Finished 10th with that and actually moved forward to that position. I have nothing else to say about MXGP other than Nicholas Lapucci on his two-stroke. Uh, I don't know what the point is. Brilliant. Thanks for that. But Nicholas, <laughs> if you listen to this, get over to Argentina, score yourself some points and uh, yeah. I do go. not know what a point is. I watched him a couple of times and it just looked like he was riding an 85. But that, that was the level of struggle. Just nothing seemed to work. A lot of losing momentum. I don't really know what the point is. One word, Argentina. It's like, it's like me going 
It was like you on the. Was. It was like you on the KTM test against Hurlins and uh, Caroli. Not quite, because I had the same bike. On a wet Majora. No, not quite, because I had the same bikes. So not the same person, though, so, or no. ability. So It's like me trying to do, it's like me wanting to make this podcast really good and trying to do it with a tin can and a bit of string. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically a similar thing. So maybe Lapuji will wake up and get on a proper bike soon, but who knows? So that's, really? my, that's my analysis, Phil. So, um, yeah, Fantic, if you're um, still looking for some advertising on the podcast show, yeah, we're Weird Air. Yep. I'm a fan. Tick. Do you want to know what, James? I dread to think. Tell me. <laughs> tell me, Mr. Negative. Kaiser, yeah. Renault, Prado. That is a rentful sweep of a podium. <laughs> Oof. The winning brand in manufacturing and design for the last half century, Rentful continues to lead the world at the very top level of the sport. Amassing more championship titles than all competing brands combined, Rentful's records are unsurpassable. With 238 US titles, 232 world titles, which results in 470 major championship titles combined. Thanks to the hard work and dedication to detail, the Rentful Factory has been helping world-class riders achieve their championship goals since the beginning of 1969. If you look at, if you run a little poll in the MXGP field, 80% of the riders are using Rentful, and there's a reason for that because it is the undoubted industry leader in design and manufacturing. Stoked to have Rentful on the podcast. Stoked to follow their progress in the MXGP series this year as they absolutely dominate the championship, which is almost a foregone conclusion before it starts. But so far. It's just, it's just looking dominant, looking dominant. Anything more on MXGP or should we go to an ad? Let's go to an ad. We'll go to an ad. Go to an ad. I think we're done with MXGP. Okay. Well, obviously that was part one of the MX Vice show. And with that, we would like to thank Fly Racing who have redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high velocity crashes as well as rotational and low speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EBS and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Fly Racing Formula helmet has changed the game. And of course, we would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, the Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. That is part one. We'll be back in five minutes with some MX2 talk and your questions answered in Liat Ask Vice Anything. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in five minutes. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Brox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. 
Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Evenstrokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 96 of the MX Vice Show podcast. MXGP Talk has wrapped up and we're going to head into MX2 now, where a lot happened once again. The uh, expected title scenarios have kind of become unraveled a little bit, so this should be interesting for the next little bit. Before we get into that, though, thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, for Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. This is part two of the MXY show, which means it's presented by our friends at Scott Sports. The Prospect Goggle from Scott Sports is a culmination of over 50 years of experience producing goggles for the off-road and MX market. Used by an ever-growing list of champions, the Prospect Goggle has everything you need to ensure your vision is the best that it can be. With perfected features such as the no-sweat face foam, a maximum field of vision, the Scott Lens Lock System, articulating outriggers and more, the super stylish Prospect Goal has been engineered to defend your vision no matter how extreme the conditions get. When the mud starts spraying, simply install a 50mm works film system and have an instant advantage over the competition. The Prospect is available with standard, light-sensitive, and now the new amplifier lens options. Amplifier-injected lenses provide improved definition and optical clarity, allowing you to see contours and transitions in the dirt like never before. Get yours now at your local dealer or online at scott-sports.com. Right, MX2. Who knew? I realised that Yago Gertz was on a four-round four win streak at Mantova now, because he obviously won the last two rounds last year. But I forgot that he actually won the last Mantova in 2020. So he has actually won four Mantovas in a row now. That's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad uh, run. Yeah, so maybe we shouldn't have been surprised at all. Obviously, he was quite dominant, 1-1. Looked good as well. Looked really yeah. good. Strong. No, none of those normal mistakes. Obviously, he is good at Mantova, so there is that. But as far as being positive about Yago Gertz, I feel like that kind of was um, that was kind of the best it could have gone. And he's now got a red plate and an advantage over his main championship rival. So really, it's all lined up now for Yago Gertz to get this thing done. I think. I think there's no like no excuses for him this year. Time to get it done if he's going to get it done. If he was ever going to get it done, it, it is definitely this year. He's he's definitely looking a lot stronger than um, previous years. Less mistakes, um, a little bit more sure of himself. I feel like a lot more confidence. Not really. I wouldn't say confident. Actually, just just the mistakes seem to be down to a minimum. Whereas everybody else seems to be making mistakes around him, which is usually the opposite. You know, we 
was the opposite of what we've seen on previous seasons. I don't know. He did make mistakes at Matterley, so let's like let's not get too carried away with Mantova. Mm, okay, okay. I, I just look good. Um, yeah, he's got to be pleased. The team's got to be pleased. Um, imagine if they they manage to score back to back World Championship wins for the team for Camille. That's what what a result that is. Interesting because they don't. I don't know when Gertz is going up to a four fifty. I f- kind of feel like it should be soon. Yeah, I d- I, do you know what? I don't know how old he is because it's like he's been there or thereabouts as a title contender for like the last three years. So, I don't he's know. 21. 21, yeah. Turns 22 in uh, April, which means that next year would be his last year if he chooses to so stay he, in MX2. He's actually the same age as Renault. And actually, I believe, be told, he is, in fact, older than Prado. Wow. That is my favourite little fun fact. That is, is how crazy. young Prado is. That is no one, no one realises. That is crazy. Viao is older than Prado. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't, I don't think he gets enough credit when you think about um, where he is currently. That is, that's that's that Prado. It's, it's mind boggling, really, how young he is and what he's achieved so far. Google says that he has signed for KTM MotoGP racing team. So. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's good. Yeah, Yago, um, you know, he's back. I think Argentina and Portugal will be interesting to see uh, whether he can continue this run uh, over the next two rounds. If he does, um, then it's, it's looking good. Um, Vial, his main contender, had one of the... the uh, it's just a lucky escape. Uh, I think, uh, you know, a meter landed before or a meter over I think it would have been a very different story but he was really lucky about where he landed on that downside of that jump yeah it's crazy how those things work out isn't it like I don't like he was so lucky but how does that happen a scary scary crash as well he just looked like a ragdoll when he hit it and the fact that he was able to get up just like and, and I watched him because it was like uh, I was fully expecting him to like sort of you know try and get through to the points and fair play to him, he tried, but you can tell he was... It'd be interesting to find out how much damage he, he, he sustained. Clearly don't listen to the MX Vice post-race podcast, do you? No, no, I don't at all. Did you listen to, did you listen to them this week? No, I didn't, no. Did you listen to the RacerX uh, MXGP review podcast? Uh, no, no, I didn't, no. Did you listen to Saturdays with Sewer? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Did you listen to me on the Pulp Show? No. Did you listen to a studio show? No. Okay, brilliant. Just wanted to, yeah. just wanted to, yeah. just wanted to check in. Uh, like Geyser, I like to keep it consistent. Okay, I just wanted to check in and see where the support level was at. But yeah, okay. there's no support. You're you're like just literally a media whore now. So, um, I, so I, I interviewed. I, Pro, uh, you. I interviewed Vial. Okay. Um, he's fine. He's completely fine. Really? Yes, completely fine. Wow. Like nothing, nothing to even talk about. Nothing. Seriously, to that even is really... the great escape. Yeah, nothing, nothing. Really, he's fine. Um, obviously, bummer that he didn't get points in that second moto because what was the point, if you'll pardon the pun? That was terrible. I didn't mean to do it, it just kind of came out. But yeah, he, he kept going, and, but he was just, you could tell he was a bit battered and a bit sore because it wasn't, you know, like he was going to be charging through the field. He, it's not like he was making up two or three seconds um, a lap on the people around him. The thing is, Vial almost came back from like 150 points down last year, so I have no pro- I have no problem betting on him overcoming this deficit. No, you're right, but I just I think Yago just looks a different person. 
Simon, Kaida Wolf, it's Look, I just want to get I just want to talk about Simon really. I'm literally waiting to get to Simon. Let's go. Because oh my god, I want all the Sim I want all the Simon hype. Did you see his back? I don't care about his back. I did you see his bloody riding in the second moto? Well, he showed me his back and literally there was just tire marks but blood. It was like literally how he is able to ride a bike, I do not know. I kind of said to him after the race when I was doing the PR quotes, literally, how are you able to ride a bike? He was like, honestly, at the moment, I'm in so much pain. And I just kind of joked with him. I was like, I don't envy you tomorrow, sort of trying to get out of bed. He goes, I don't, I don't envy myself tonight trying to get into bed. It, he was that banged up, literally so sore, could hardly walk, could hardly move. And how he was able to produce that, I do not know. That second motor was one of the greatest rides I've seen. Yeah. Unbelievable. His fastest lap time, he had the fastest lap of the race, a 157.2 on lap 13. The next closest fastest lap was Kaida Wolf with a 158.4, seven laps before that. So Lagenfelder was well over a second quicker per lap than anyone else in the class. And he did that on a much rougher track. And he was only four seconds behind Gertz at the end. And he started 12th and he crashed as well on route to the front. Absolutely unbelievable. I am in and I'm now giving Lagenfelder some title chances. On that as well, he could hardly move. Most riders wouldn't have even contemplated doing that. Most- we got that from the bed comment. We got that. Yeah, I just, I just need you to understand like, how bad he was. Literally, probably the most impressed I've been in a long time. Abs- I am all about Lagenfelder now. All about him. Like He is going to be a world champion. Next year, Lagenfelder wins a world championship. I need to write that down because I'll play that next year. Lagenfelder wins a world championship next year. Done deal. 100%. No doubt in my mind. And he has a chance this year. I will not rule him out of it this year. Now. Whereas last week I said he had 0%. It's- now I've changed. I'm I believe there's a chance. Yeah, that's the great thing about you is uh, you just change with the the wind in you know whoever's hot right now. Well, that that second motor was way better than Matley. That second motor was absolutely ridiculously good, absolutely phenomenal in every way possible. Do um do your top do your top percentages now for MX2. Uh, do you know what? And I, and I said it at the start of the year. This MX2 class is stacked with talent. And I think, I think you you were quite negative towards MX2 last year, but I think this and rightfully so. But this year, the MX2 class is last year's MXGP class. I genuinely believe there's four okay, riders. Okay, let's let's calm down on that because the MXGP no, class last year was unreal. No, I genuinely believe there's four riders who are going for a title here, like literally. No doubt, four riders going for the title. With possibly, um, I've seen enough from Van Moosdijk as well to show that he is going to get better and better and better. And I really like what I'm seeing from Horgamo. So I, I definitely think there's four title contenders there, but there's still two on the outside of that which could actually stake their claim. But it, it's really hard. Like I, I think there's an even split here between the four riders. I'm, I'm going to go 25 each because. Um, I really like what I'm seeing from Kade Wolf. I really like what I'm seeing from Viao. And, and it is Lengam Fowder, isn't it? 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we we've been. Uh, I, I think it's might be Thomas Schroeder, maybe, who's has been trying to help us out on Twitter. Um, I'm just going to try and find it now. It doesn't matter. It does. I, I, I it does. Care. It matters to Thomas. If it matters to Thomas Lewis, you need to like change your ways. Okay. Someone tweeted us and was like, "Oh, it's time for you to start sitting up and taking notice of Lagenfelder." And I was like, "Hang on, I have been driving the Lagenfelder bus." I think they're probably on months. about the, 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 the how you pronounce his name. Well, I like about. to call him Lagenfelder. Well, he's not. So Sarah, here we go. So thank you, Nicholas Schroeder. Uh, the A sounds like the E in Ben, and then there's an N before the G, uh, and we know that what that's supposed to sound like. Lagenfelder. Yeah, Legenfelder. 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 Yeah. Yeah, not that different to Lagenfelder. Yeah, but Legenfelder. So, um, Nicholas, uh, if we've got that right, then please tweet us and let us know. Um, there we go. Thank you. But not me, because I don't really care. Uh, I do. I do, because as long as people are happy who spend the time listening to this shit show, um, then we're all good. Uh, you like Adamo, don't you? I've been saying it for a long time, mate, and I don't think he's getting the, the recognition he deserves. But what I seen the weekend was just justifies what we've he's, he's been doing over the last year, uh, and the fact that he was it nine laps of, of race was it race one he, he led, fantastic. Race two, race two was it? Yeah, um, and it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven laps, seven laps. Yeah. No, he's good. He'll be on a factory team next year, I think. It's interesting. What's most interesting is so Vial's going up to MXGP, which means that Red Bull KTM have no MX2 riders, or they won't do for 2023. So I'm really interested to see who they get, because realistically, Adamo and Gifting are probably the top two contenders. All right, well, I would imagine, but then Gifting's got another year on his Hitachi contract, so that's a no, and I actually don't know what Adamo's SM Action deal is. So... I'm really, I'm already interested to see what Red Bull KTM do about the MX2 class for next year because there's no one really coming up in the MX250 who you'd look at. So yeah, I'm already interested to see how that goes. And you would think that if they can swing it, Adamo and Gifting would be the most likely candidates. Yeah. Because they're obviously going to leave Lagenfelder on Gas Gas and they're going to leave Kaida Wolf on Husky. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what they'll do, but I'm interested to see what way they go because there are a couple of options, but there's no clear option. I uh, I do believe he's he's doing enough to get a, a factory ride for next year. Um, he's fifth in the championship. I mean, he's riding really really well. Former EMX one two uh, one fifty champion, as we've mentioned before on, on the Honda program. Um, just goes to show, actually, that Honda program back then was uh, a really good introduction into. Um, okay, one rider made it, so let's calm down on that as well. Uh, Emma Weckman was a he's out injured at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but like, good rider. Carp down on that because like it's not like it was a Joel Rizzi. He's an MX two fifty. He did, did he? Yeah. Sure, not thinking of Dak Jack Binkley. Jack Binkley. Binkley done it as well. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure Joel Rizzi done it as well. Really? Maybe. Re- I don't think he did, but I don't know. I never really <laughs> paid that much attention. I'm not going to go through the stats to have a look, but I th- maybe he did. I think. When was the last year they ran it? Uh, I want to say eighteen. Sixteen. Oh, that late? I don't think it was that late. Hang on, let me have a look. European. Uh, it was seven. They did it in 17. 17 was the last year. Please hold. 17, sure? Yep. Are you sure? No Rizzy on those results. Okay, maybe I've got this wrong. No Rizzy in 2016. And no Rizzy in 2015. 
So thank you for wasting our time with that, James. Uh, here we go then. So uh, another who we're going to talk about in a, in a little bit was Hakan Fredrickson as well. He done the 150 class. Oh, yeah, I forget about. I forget he did. He was tall back then. Yeah, I mean he is literally. You know, he's like eight foot tall. He's huge. Tim Edberg, uh, who was obviously in MX2 at the moment, Binkliff, Weckman, uh, Adamo. That's not bad. That's not bad as a nice introduction into these are the tracks you're going to be riding and everything else. I, it, it's a shame the series is gone. If you, look at, if you look at the EMX125 Championship standings from 2017, the final year they ran it, Adamo's obviously doing well. Nordstrom Graf raced MXGP for JK Yamaha next year. But apart from that, Lynn Volk is doing well in WMX. But apart from that, there's nothing. Dave Kukia is doing EMX250 for Hutton Metal, but he only did one round of EMX150 that year. Cass Valk is doing EMX250 or EMX125, one of the two. And doing very well. And that's about it. 20, 35 riders, four are currently doing something. Well, that's four better than nothing, isn't it? Like, okay. So pessimistic and negative. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, it is what it is, James. Sometimes someone's got to be here to bring us back to reality. Yeah, I'd, I'd hate to live in your reality of just everything shit. Horgmo, very impressive. Fredrickson, very impressive. Harrop continues to be impressive. Gifting, very impressive as well. I would imagine that Horgmo, Fredrick. Horgmo, Fredrickson, Harrop, Gifting will all be on the podium at some point this year. I would, almost, I would put money on all four of those getting on the box. Guadagnini, panic button? Nah, no. I've been speaking to him the last few weeks. Um, he knows it's not good enough. He's working away and uh, he's going to be fine. He's got... Do you give him a shot at this championship? I don't, I don't think we give him a shot at this championship, but he will be in the top five by the end of it. Who's a better rider, Lagenfelder or Guadagnini? Well, I think you've got to go with four of them at the moment. Lagenfelder, uh, Langenfelder, sorry. Okay, in 10 years' time, who's had the better career? Lagenfelder or Guadagnini? I don't know. It's, Jesus, what, what's this freaking top 100 questions of the future? What, what do you think, Lewis? You tell us. It's hard. It's hard to say. I, because Guadagnini was hot last year, and now it's Lagenfelder in that position. Yeah, it, 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 I've, mm, if I had to bet on a rider who has the best shot of being an MX2 world champion right now, I think I would go Legenfelder. But it's tough because it's easy to forget how good Guadagnini was last year and that could change around next weekend. So difficult. Van der Mostijk crashed and hurt his shoulder in the qualifying race in the crash with Legenfelder. He could, barely bait, he could barely get his own top off after the first moto because he couldn't move his shoulder. Yeah, he landed in the, um, basically into the face of the jump in his shoulder. It was, it was, a, it was a bad one. So he's going he's gonna to be fine for Argentina, I think. So no worries there, but obviously he's going to probably take some time off before then. So, but considering that his fifth place in Moto1 was heroic and so was coming back from a first-term crash to finish 15th in Moto2, First turn crash, he landed in the opposite shoulder, on the opposite shoulder, not the bad one. So that was lucky. <laughs> Does Conrad Muse get a podium this year? Uh, I think he will. I think he will figure it out. Um, I, I think. I think Conrad at the moment. It's going to be interesting to see what he does in a British Championship this weekend. Because if he goes to the British Championship and gets a four for a fifth, then I think there's a few issues what need to be ironed out there. I think if he goes to the British Championship. He beats Gifting uh, and the other guys. 
then um, I don't know. Gifting is very good right now. Exactly. So if if he goes to the, if he in the British Championship, if he if he if he wins that, I think that sets him up quite nicely for Argentina. He's been to Argentina before. Uh, he likes the track. Again, I think it's I think it's one of those things. I think it's uh, I don't know who we were talking about in MXGP earlier, but I think it's like Ben. So I think it's I think I think it's a, a suffering from from a confidence in themselves. I think. I think they get that time practice, they get that good start. It's that one thing. I think it's that one little thing uh, which is going to kickstart their year. And I think with both of those riders, I think they're in a similar place at the moment. And I do think that literally just that, just a good start, a really good qualifying, um, you know, something. You know, there is, you can underestimate that, the, the, the start at Mantover as well. It's, I mean, Mitch Evans in the was it the first race where he cut inside from the outside, and then everybody clocked onto it, and he was wasn't able to do it again. But on that start at Mantova, you're you're stuck, aren't you? So yeah. if if you if you're not qualified well, you, you're buggered for the rest of the weekend. I do think it's just going to take one little one little spark for for, for him and Ben to uh, to kick on. But I want to talk about. Uh, I really like what I'm seeing from Horgam at the moment. Is his results aren't justifying the speed that we're seeing, but he looks really good on that Kawasaki. You can definitely see that the work he's doing with, or work he's done with the Ruver is really, really paying dividends. And I think, I think him and Harrop um, are going to be a force this year. I really do think. I think they're going to be. I think it's just every week they're going to get stronger and stronger. I really like what I've seen for Gifting. Gifting's looking really good. Um, definitely back. I think that second race was the the best I've seen him ride. Uh, I want to say f- probably since Lommel a couple of years ago. I, I genuinely think he, he just had that intensity about him where he was able to just literally get his head down, pass people, didn't look out of place, and was just strong throughout the race. I was really, really impressed. Uh, would you agree? Yes, I said, I said that. I said that. I'm, I'm quite uh, on the gifting bandwagon at the moment. He will be on the podium here shortly. Yeah, Van, Van Moosdijk. Uh, Van der Moosdijk. Okay, you're literally just going over everything we've already talked about. Apologies, but yeah, I, I see him coming good. Rubini. I've said that, and so have you so far. Rubini, so we, um, it's just a weird one, hey? He seems to have one good race, one sparks again. I don't know. What, this is his last year. He's going up to MXGP after. I don't know, but we're moving on. I feel like we've done it. That's just, you've just done MX2 to death there. Yeah, I like MX2. I'm excited about okay. MX2. The only thing I'm not excited oh. about is literally 12 riders are in for Argentina. That's- it's funny because I, I got told that rumor by someone. I said to you, I just got told that rumor. And now you're telling me the rumor that I told you back to me as fact. Well, I reckon that... Which is how you roll. I reckon the person that told you told me. But still, you're, you're presenting it as fact. It's just a paddock rumor. So there's not uh, going to be 12 riders on the entry list. No, that, that, I got told by that person that they seen the entry list and that was, that was, all, what was um, that, all that was in for Argentina. Well, that's a lie because the FIM have not published any press uh, entry list yet because I have just checked their website. Uh, it depends who you know. Okay. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve year after year. The 2022 gear is now available worldwide and there are many lines for you to consider. The 3.5 ride kit, 
an affordable combo, the 4.5 jersey and pants, the 4.5 enduro jersey and pants, and the 5.5 jersey and pants. There is so much to consider. There is an advanced range of moto helmets for 2022 too, including with 9.5 carbon, 8.5 composite, 7.5, and 3.5. Valiat helmets are available in a broad range of striking colors to suit all tastes. For 9.5, 8.5, and 7.5 helmets, also come with a free pair of bulletproof velocity goggles. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. This is Liat, ask Vice anything. And holy moly, there are a lot of questions this week. So let's get to it. Does one of the questions involve Seva? No, we'll get there. We need to get there because that was we've missed that completely from MXG. It's fine. No, because it's fine because the podcast hasn't finished yet. So it's fine. We're, we're doing well. Good. We need to talk about that. Okay, brilliant. We've, you've said that. At Leon underscore 18 underscore. Do you think the Hurlings or Fevra can still win this title? No. It's too far gone. Two rounds is too much. Um, it's too far gone. So, potentially, if Hurlings was coming back at Argentina fully healthy, fully 100% and ready to win, I would maybe entertain that idea. Maybe. I'd be all over that, mate. A fully, fully functioning... Beast of a Hurlins coming back at uh, round three and only, what, 88 points down. And okay, you, yeah, I'd be all over that. Are you entertain it? Are you mental? Yeah, okay, I'd be all over that. Yeah, thank not. you. He's, he's, he's not, so. And Fevra, no. At Brad Myers 22, what do you think the chances are of Hurlings doing the AMA outdoors this season instead of MXGP? Zero uh, percent. Yeah, he'll be back Absolutely at Absolutely no chance. At Cal Crossland 26, if you could bring one aspect of the AMA Supercross setup to MXGP, what would it be? Oh, good question, Cal. Two things. One, some sort of opening ceremonies. I really feel like we need to do something before the first moto on Sunday. I've said it loads, national anthem. Yeah, I like that. Maybe bring out the top five in a championship yeah. out onto the start line and interview them over the tannoy. Do something, a parade lap. Do do a do a hot lap like they're doing Supercross, where the top five in a championship just do a lap, waving to the crowd, doing whips and everything. Yeah, because that's that would do stuff. I know that would do stuff. And also uh, the TV show in the sense of the in depth features that they do about different things rather than just a team report. I would go. I would go with that as well as something that I would like to see involved. Evolved. Involved. Involved or evolved. At L Knight 32, is Anstey in America ever coming back? Yeah, I forgot, I forgot about that podcast, to be honest. <laughs> um, you I, forgot, I forgot about Anstey as well, haven't you? I forgot that podcast was a thing. Yeah. No, I need to bring it back. It's just hard. It's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's, I'm going to do it. Especially now because I've got Saturdays with Sewer, so I really need to make sure that the Anstey podcast is just as regular because just to keep up. Just out of sight, out of mind, isn't it? Just so anyone doesn't feel that they are being replaced. Fair weather friend. No, not at all. Talk to Max every single day. But can't do a podcast. That's because we just talk every single day. So like, the problem is I talk to him every single day. So by the time we get to the podcast, I'm kind of like, well, I don't really know what to tell, to talk to you about because we've kind of spoken about everything. Yeah, but that's, that's great. Also... But we're actually interested, Lewis. <laughs> well, you don't listen. <laughs> the motivation is quite low when everyone else in MX Vice basically tells me not to bother. <laughs> we don't tell you not to bother. You just tell me you have no interest in listening. <laughs> that's not not to bother. We're not your audience. I don't know. I'd like to think you are. 
Jesus also, Christ. at L Knight thirty two said, "Who's the next young kid to come through?" Like I watched Boxen debut at fifteen and knew, and then the question ends. <laughs> knew something apparently. I don't know. We haven't really got one. I would say that. I mean, it's it's kind of a bit late because he's already there. But I think Lagenfeld is the next guy to really keep an eye on. Who's going to shock people? Who's going to make a splash? But apart from that, EMX two fifty and EMX one two five wise, I don't really see much to be honest. I uh, I quite like um, Bonacorsi. Yeah, but Roxon level? No. You really no. think he's going to make that much of a splash, or do you think he's just going to join MX2 and be a seventh place rider? I think I think he'll I think he'll be a future world champion. Yeah, I I I struggle with it all. <laughs> I so negative. <laughs> just like I literally. struggle. I struggle with it all. Just so like, I to give up on motocross. Sell your bike. Get rid of your gear. Don't bother watching it anymore after listening to Lewis. Because honestly, everything is shit. Well, no, I. I just struggle. Honestly, Vial. No, because Vial Gertz are going to leave MX2 soon. Is my point. Mostike will leave MX2 soon. Hogmo will leave MX2 soon. Um, Kaido Wolf will be there a while. Lagenfelder will be there a while. Adamo will be there a while. Harrop will leave MX2 soon. Guadagnini will be there a little while. So yeah, why can't Andrea Bonacorsi be a world champion? We just, there's not that much talent coming through. So whereas Bonacorsi would, would have had to compete against five of his peers coming through, he's kind of not got to do that. He's just got to kind of find his way in the established uh, hierarchy. James's answer is Bonacorsi. Mine is no one. Yeah, there's there's other riders which I think um, uh, Oreo Oliver. He looked really good last year. I think he de- came into a couple of MX2 uh, races and looked quite good. Um, and also um, Talviku as well, the Estonian kid. I think he's he's got a big future as well. So I think there's a couple of people which are coming through. They're, they're in the MX250 at the moment. We've seen. Uh, how well people, where they place the speed in MX, EMX 215 when they come into MX2. I'd like to see those guys appear in MX2 throughout the year. I mean, it's a great opportunity, Argentina, um, for them to debut and get some good points. At Kinger underscore two, one, uh, 239, sorry. Why is it so expensive to be trackside and watch for the public? I don't think it is. Matterley was £60 for a Sunday ticket, £75 for the weekend. £60 for one day, okay, but £75 for a weekend, I feel, is not that bad. Uh, I don't know. I think, it, I think the whole thing is when people look at it, like if you're going on your own, 60 quid is the same price as a concert ticket or a day at a theme park, that type of stuff. I think the problem is, is when it's you, uh, the kids, and then you get the hotel if you're going to do two days to do the 75. I think that's when it sort of adds up. But I think the ticket price is... I mean, everybody would like to see anything lower, but when you look at what goes into running these events, I can understand why the price is the price. So um, I, uh, I think 75 quid for a weekend is a, is a bargain. I think, um, I think 60 quid for a day is, is about right when you, you pull it into, into uh, you know, relation to concerts and stuff like that. I mean, that's what, that's what we pay. If they did opening ceremonies and a hot lap and stuff, maybe you'd feel like you're getting more value. Yeah, the only thing which I don't agree with 
is paying the extra for the paddock. I reckon that needs to go. Yeah, but I don't, I'm not sure that's a thing everywhere. Yeah, maybe it isn't everywhere, but like, literally as a general rule, that needs to go because part of the experience of going to these races is being in close proximity to the riders and the teams and looking at the bikes and checking out the factory bits and pieces. That's the excitement. That, that's your added benefit as well as the racing. So like, why you're charging for that, I don't agree with. So I'd like to see, um, I'd like to see that change personally. At Braden underscore 212, I was a Watson Wagon member, but it's getting harder and harder to stay on. It's fine, Braden. We're just in a bit of a, um, we're just on the whole, you know when you're on a plane and you're waiting for your slot to take off? We're just there. We're just waiting for our slot to take off. We're, the air traffic control have said, oh, there's this plane coming through, but you're next up, so just sit there for five minutes and then you take off. That's all we're doing. We're good. That's a, we're good. That's a different explanation to what I heard in McDonald's. I can't remember what that was. Basically, the wheels are off. Um, you've left the bus. The bus is freewheeling down the road. And Hold on. You're I never went to McDonald's with you. I never went to McDonald's with you. Or wherever we were. Well, no, this is. I don't even remember having this conversation with you. And I never went to McDonald's with you. Sorry. So where's this come from? It was not McDonald's. It was our hotel where we had the plastic burgers and you had the pizza, which was actually flatbread with mozzarella and tomato. So uh, that was the conversation we had. And both your colleague, Sean, and both myself addressed this and said, cannot abandon the wagon. It's a wagon for life. First of all, I you never will abandon the wagon. Know that is not bullshit as well. You no, know, I'm calling I, you out. I'm calling you out. I just say shit for fucking laughs sometimes. There was nothing but funny you take, about that. I think I say serious. That way, there was nothing funny about that. You were deadly serious. Okay. Well, be, be fine. Second be fine. time you've got off that Watson bandwagon. I'm not off it at all. He's going to be on the podium by the end of May. 50 quid right now. Watson is on the podium by the end of May. Okay. I'll take that bet. Thank you very much. 50 quid. Says he wins a moto by the end of the year. Oh, okay. no, I'll take that as well. That's no, no, 100 quid. Coming back. That's 100 quid. Thank you very I was much. Thinking, I was thinking in the current field. Everybody is listening to this and is going to be monitoring this uh, throughout the year. So please uh, mark this one for your diaries, guys. End of, end of May, Watson on the podium. Dobson110, who was the biggest surprise in Mantova? I've got to go with Lagenfelder. I've got Lagenfelder on the brain. I bet you have, you dirty boy. Um, I'm going to go with which shouldn't. Well, actually, I'm going to go with this, and it's going to be Adamo leading seven laps. That was the biggest surprise. See, I wasn't surprised at that. No, I, I, was, I was definitely surprised. I didn't see him go from where he was last year to leading that race for seven laps and looking in total control. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you have it. At Woolly C, are they working on ways to get more riders on the gate in MXGP? I think MXGP class is fine because it's just injuries. We have got Chervelin, Patrell, Hurlings, Fevre. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Help. <laughs> No, I'm going to leave you like uh, someone in the ocean with their hands up, uh, taking their last breath, because it's, it's bad. There's no, it's no, okay, it is. There's no we're missing, point dressing it up. It's bad. 
We're missing a lot of... We're missing 10 riders through injury at the moment. And we can only think of four. Brahame, Monticelli, Brylaikov, Pooches, Servanen... Well, Brylaikov's gone, gone for the year and for yeah, the foreseeable future. Close enough. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. MXGP is fine. And MX2, they just... Get rid of MX250. Do what I said last week. Bump up the age rule in MX125. And then MX2 will be sweet as well. I said that idea on the Racer X podcast yesterday. Of course you did. And I got told I wasn't crazy. Of course you did. And do you know what, James? It was so nice to be on a podcast where there was that level of support. I'm fine for you to go on that podcast and stay there. (laughs) Absolutely fine. It was just nice to get that support instead of being told I'm stupid all the time. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. At Ben underscore Demi underscore over... Who was the most sad on the podium, DeWolf or Gertz? Well, I, I get the question. Gertz could do with being a bit more of a free spirit. <laughs> I don't think there's, there, there's zero free spirit uh, available there. Gertz is leading the robot uprising. DeWolf, obviously, because DeWolf was, it was, DeWolf said it was a hard pill to swallow because he obviously gave away second overall with two corners to go. Yeah. But you know what? He I was... don't think he's ever actually finished second overall. I think all of his podiums last year were thirds. So second overall would have been a big step, or not a big step, but you know, that would have been a first for him. So even more of a bit of pill to swallow. Yeah, he was good. So, yeah, obviously, obviously DeWolf, but I understand wait, what you're getting at with uh, <laughs> James completely missed the name of the person as well, which is good. What was the name? I'm not going to say it because you missed it. But I'm glad because as I was saying it, I was like, oh no. Is it Lewis Sucks? No, it's Ben underscore Demi underscore over. <laughs> Amazing. Now you said it properly, so I get it. SWAT racing. Will World Supercross be the death of MXGP just as the AMA Supercross has killed the US Pro Nationals? Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Hold on. Supercross has not killed Pro Motocross. Pro Motocross is probably the strongest it's ever been. Two, World Supercross will not do anything to MXGP because basically no one is leaving MXGP to do World Supercross. This year, when it runs from September to November, there is interest from teams to do it in the off-season just to see what it's about. But no one is leaving MXGP to do World Supercross and especially no one who you would care about. One thing which I found very interesting talking to riders the weekend is the amount of interest from riders in doing it. I bet you had a lot of information to share with them. There was um, a lot of riders who were very, very interested in doing World Supercross. And I can kind of see it because I I think that it would be a great series to um, get people thinking in America. I think all riders have got one eye on, on, you know, the and quite rightly... the lights of America are very, very strong for European riders. Um, and especially with what they've seen from, like, you know, people that they've kind of raced with or, or hung out with, like with like Jet Lawrence and Hunter Lawrence, and they've seen them go over there, Dylan Ferrandis. You can understand why a lot of them would love to be able to um, put themselves in, uh, in the picture for uh, American teams. So it doesn't surprise me. I think there could be um, some some interest from manufacturers in in appeasing some riders, maybe I don't know. But ma- the series does not want factory teams or manufacturers. 
I'm not saying it does, but at the end of the day, some of the writers want to write it. But no one of note. Hmm. I'm, not, I'm, not, isn't going. I'm not going to say anything because obviously I've been told, you know, this is just talk between us. So <laughs> I don't like you going to GPs. You wind me up. What the hell is winding you up? I'm just being, <laughs> I can't say such and such is told me because to, they're going to go, why did you say that? Well, what's on to this podcast thinking you've got all the information? <laughs> what? What's wrong with you? Anyway, SWAT Racing also said, any more rumours on the replacement for Orly or not? Please God, not Mantevar or Trentino. I still hear that they are trying to do something in Holland. Mantevar. Honestly. I would bet Mantevar. Honestly, we're having four rounds at Mantevar this year. Definitely not having more than one. Definitely three rounds at Mantevar. I'm just, just going to say it now. Incorrect. 50 quid says we go to Mantevar once more and that is it. I'll take that because it, I, I think you're wrong. Um, and uh, I take I take zero or one. You take two and above. Yeah, fine with me. Okay, that's I'll, I'll look for. I'm going to spend that fifty quid right now because that's coming in. At Leeford, how let loose is James going to be at the British? Zero. He will be given. He, he will be having a call on Friday to discuss his plans and how wrong they are, and then he will be given a strict content plan. Content plan that, as someone who works beneath the editor, he will be. Um, required to stick to. Isn't that right, James? Uh, let me tell you this, Leeford. I'm there to fuck shit up. I'm going to be let loose and I'm going to be me. Expect fun. Just don't expect all of his stuff to make it onto MX Vice. I have actually got the ability to lock Lewis out of MX Vice. Now, at some point, I've kept this quite close to my chest, but it could be this weekend. And it could be this weekend where the takeover happens. That's great, except by the time you'd sit down, lock me out, sit down to do something and be like, fuck, this is a lot of work. <laughs> We're just going to have Are you looking forward to the British? I actually am. It's been, uh, there's a lot to organise between, because there's a lot to organise. But um, I'm actually, when it was, it was good chatting to some of the British riders at Mali, and I did miss that. And I have missed uh, the last couple of years. And the whole reason why uh, I've not been there is because it needed a change, and we've got change. You are a very British championship person at heart, because that is where you made your friends. I never made friends in a British championship. <laughs> no, I kind of came in, was immediately disliked, and left. <laughs> you, you can't actually go to a British championship because of the amount of people that might lynch you. I think I'm banned. Am I still banned? I think I'm still banned. Probably. I've never really. I've never. I haven't really checked in because I have no interest in being unbanned. But last time I checked, I was still banned. I mean, the interesting thing is, is I'm quite opinionated with the whole British uh, scene, and uh, obviously I've um, got a few people who don't like me because of that, because it affects their interests. Um, but however, you you make me look like I know I do it I do it like, I do it just to put you in a good light, really. I know, and thank you because you make me look great. So thanks I very much. For that. Think, I no one can take my hot takes. Do you remember when you done hot or cold? <laughs> the last time I went to a British, the last time I went to a uh, British uh, round, a team owner walked up to me and went, someone needs to put you in your place and then walked off. And I was like, fuck me, all right. Not the first or the last time I've heard that. Okay, cheers. <laughs> all right, mate. Yeah, let's, let, interestingly, um, Lewis done a hot or cold uh, article 
on British riders. Yeah, no, we don't need to go into this because it, it's going to be a long-winded story. No, 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 no one's going into it, for it. But it was funny. It was funny. It caused a lot of hassle. A lot of hassle. So, um, good fun. Yeah, but looking forward to going back. Um, and just to support the riders, really. Give as much promotion as possible. And, um, yeah, see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Mick said, would Conrad have benefited by a drop-down to EMX for a year in the last three years? I don't think so, because I don't see how that would have helped. No. Because he would have gone back there, done whatever, maybe he would have done great, maybe he would have done terrible, maybe he would have done okay, but then ultimately, he would have gone just straight back where he was. My, my take on it, and I don't know Conrad like, you know, is, you know, as well as his inner circle and stuff like that, and I can only see things from the outside, but um, I think Conrad's just a really nice kid, really, really nice guy, but I think he, he needs to have that um, just asshole streak. You know, he, he, need, he needs to be able to switch that on and just be, just, just say fuck it and be aggressive. And I don't know. I, I think it just needs, he needs to get angry. I think that's, I think, I don't know him as well as everybody else and, and stuff like that. And they'll probably say I'm completely wrong. I just think Conrad needs to get nasty, needs to get angry, and just just literally put that into his riding. I think I think just that aggress- aggressiveness needs to be be put in. That's just my take on on things. Um, obviously, uh, you know, I, I think you know it must be it must be hard. Like you know, he came up with Prado. Prado's obviously gone on to do what he's doing um, and everything else. So uh, who knows? Who knows? I just think he needs to get angry. Get angry, comrade. At Blake Maitland, does South America ever hold another MXON? I can't imagine so, because for teams like Britain and stuff to get to Redbud is difficult. So to get everyone to Argentina, I think would be near impossible, and I just don't think it would work, which is a shame, because Ar- nations at Argentina would be cool. But unfortunately, I just don't see a way for that to work. Yeah, shame. Actually, I don't even know if you could run there in September. Doesn't it? I think it might snow there at that point. I don't know. But yeah, I can't see it logistically working out because you'd struggle to get more than 14 teams there, I think. I'd love to see somewhere like um, South Africa or Australia, something different. Even Japan. Japan would be so cool. I have zero interest in going to Japan. Of course you do. At Howlett518, when will we see Lewis lining up at a club meeting and what manufacturer would he play for? Well, did you talk about this? Didn't you say you were coming back? Um, I think I've decided my riding comeback is going to happen when I am in a different location. Do you know what? I don't care. Wherever it is, I'm going to be like Liam Neeson. Like, wherever it is, wherever you are, I will find you and I will race you. And all I'm going to do is just borrow a bike and take you out on the first turn. I literally have zero interest in spending any extra time with you. So it's I all have gonna be massive there, interest in just taking you out. Literally punch you so far, you're literally in the next field. That's what I'll do. Okay. Well, I can see you being disqualified for overly aggressive riding. Absolutely not bothered. I'll, I'll take that, shake the guy's hand and say, thank you very much. This has been the best day of my life. Hmm. Interesting take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want. I am going to ride again because um, I was stood behind. I was stood behind a bike in pit lane at the weekend, and just smelling the fuel. Now I was like, oh, I do actually wish I was getting on that bike. 
and doing a World Championship race? No, I probably wouldn't have done that. We're not my bag, to be honest. Plenty of room on the gate. At Aaron Lewis 225, admit it, when you walked away from your Ferrato interview, you thought to yourself, that went exceptionally well. We'll do that again soon. I don't think it went exceptionally well. It was okay. Good to get Ferrato on the podcast for the first time. The only reason you got Ferrato on the podcast is because I was stood chatting to him and said to him, as you were over here and talking to Mitch, was, it'd be really good to get you on a podcast uh, next one. And that is the only reason you've done the podcast with him. No, I did the podcast with him because I was stood waiting for Sewer under the Yamaha awning and he literally walked past. And I was like, well, instead of waiting for Sewer, I can get another rider here. I think it's good. I think that me going to GPs, I've already seen a difference. Okay, it's basically made no difference. It's made a massive difference. Okay. Who knows? Maybe Adamo could be on the podcast uh, next. Who knows? I don't like how you insinuate that I just basically plan to avoid certain riders. I would interview Adamo if the opportunity came up. Reality is I have never seen him after the race. So weird. I've been to two GPs and I've literally spoke to everyone. I, I, I after genuinely, the race. After I, the race. I can't do a post-race podcast on Sunday morning, James. That isn't possible. Genuinely don't know what you do when you walk around, but I literally managed to talk to, them, to, talk to all of them after a race. Okay. Of course you did. I, I do. How, what, what did Sue say to you? I didn't talk to Jeremy because that's your what guy. What did Glenn say to you? He was, he was a little bit dying. I wanted, what, you, I, didn't talk, I, I, you didn't talk to him. You didn't talk to him, no. I said hello. He kind of just looked at me, kind of gave me the bit of a shrug of the shoulders. And I was just like, do you know what? He doesn't want to talk. I, Maxime, I, what did Maxime say to you? He just said, you rock. Okay, so what we're getting at is you did not talk to every rider after the race. So that's good. I need sure what I had to do was tackle one team there. That was three out of 15 that lined up. At k.pashishnik. Good pronunciation there, penis. That is, I think that is right. Positioning. Favourite race of all time, San Diego 2005. Easy. Mine was 1986. I think it was, was it Anaheim 2 or Anaheim 3 with David the Bandit, Bailey and Ricky Johnson? What an iconic race that was. I'm pretty sure. What was it? Los Angeles Coliseum. I don't know. So long ago. I was 11. San Diego 2005. Best race ever. Changed my life. Maybe If I could get a VHS recorder, I could actually start playing Profile of a Champion back again. I wonder if they still got those services where I can give somebody my videotape and they could pull it onto a... Actually, there's no point in putting it on a DVD. There's, you can't even get DVDs now, can you? That's a great story, James. A lot of questions left, but this is... I feel like we've done a lot. Thank you for all of your questions this week. There is a lot of them, and actually a lot of them are quite good as well. Yeah, there are a lot to go, but we will be here all day. So I'll save some of those for next week. Thank you for sending in your questions. For Liat Ask Vice Anything, known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve year after year. The 2022 gear is now available worldwide, and there are many lines for you to consider. A 3.5 ride kit, an affordable combo, 4.5 jersey and pants, a 4.5 enduro jersey and pants, and the 5.5 jersey and pants. There is so much to consider. There is an advanced range of motor helmets for 2022 too, including with 9.5 carbon, 8.5 composite, 7.5, and 3.5. The Liat helmets are available in a broad range of striking colors to suit all tastes. The 9.5, 8.5, and 7.5 helmets also come with a free pair of bulletproof velocity goggles. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. That is part two of the MX-5 show, which was presented by Scott Sports. The Prospect Goggle from Scott Sports is a culmination of over 50 years of experience producing goggles for the off-road and MX market. Used by an ever-growing list of champions, 
The Prospect Goggle has everything you need to ensure your vision is the best fit it can be. With perfected features such as the no-sweat face foam and maximum field of vision, the Scott Lenslock system, articulating outriggers and more, the super stylish Prospect Goggle has been engineered to defend your vision no matter how extreme the conditions get. When the mud starts spraying, simply install the 50mm works film system and have an instant advantage over the competition. The Prospect is available with standard, light-sensitive, and now the new amplifier lens options. Amplifier-injected lenses provide improved definition and optical clarity, allowing you to see contours and transitions in the dirt like never before. Get yours now at your local dealer or online at scott-sports.com. Scott Sports, thrilled to have them involved. Jorge Prado uses Scott Sports, so Scott Sports will have a world championship this year. I'm joking. We don't know, but he's my pick at least. Thank you, Fly Racing. Thank you, Liat. Thank you, Scott Sports. Thank you, Rentful. Thank you, Manscaped. Thank you, Planet Motor Holidays. Thank you, Prox Racing Parts. Thank you, Supercross Video Pass. Thank you, MXGP TV. Thank you, Even Strokes. Thank you, Asterix Knee Braces. And thank you, Armour Nutrition. We'll be back after these short messages for the final part of the MXY show where we will talk Russia and something else I wanted to talk about but I just forgot. See you in five minutes. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 96 of the MX Vice Show podcast. This is part three, and part three is, of course, presented by Prox Racing Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com to learn more. Rick Elzinger won the EMX 250 class using Prox Racing Parts at the weekend. And if you go to the Prox website, pro-x.com, Use the Find Your Product system and you go Yamaha. You go YZ250F, much like Rick Elzinger. You select year. Well, I, I guess he's on a 2022, so <laughs> we'll go that. And you search all of the parts available for your bike. There are countless wheel bearings, valves, valve shims, valve seals, steering bearings, ring sets, retaining clips, gaskets, head and base, front sprockets, front fork dust cap. Drive chain, crankshaft bearing, clutch pack kit, clutch friction plates, chain roller, brake discs, air filters. Prox do everything for your bike, no matter what it is. I don't care what bike you've got, Prox can sort you out. And not only that, their website is so convenient that the parts finder will tell you exactly what you need, what the part number is, and bosh, there you go. Happy days. Of course, I'd also like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, The Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix, and Armour Nutrition. So, James. So, Lewis. I would just like to take this quick opportunity to urge everyone 
who is listening to this podcast to go back through the MX Vice feed and listen to Saturdays with Sewer episode one uh, on Saturday. 15 minutes at every GP, which is nothing but random talk. We try and avoid his races too much. We will try and avoid racing too much and just generally get his thoughts on life, random topics, random questions, your questions. This week we discussed how overly friendly MXGP riders are, his thoughts on American Supercross, his thoughts on whether 250 grand would get him out of bed to do World Supercross, the last time he rode a Supercross track, Chipotle, and some other stuff. And I thought it was pretty good. So head over to Saturdays with Sewer, listen to that, and yeah, maybe you'll enjoy it. And yeah, do that. And let me know if you've got any feedback as well. And you enjoyed it, didn't you, James? It's brilliant. It's just hard to stay motivated when that's the level in the company. Just, just I'm basically a privateer, just doing it on myself, doing it by myself. No one else cares. Yeah, well, I'm part of the video team, so we're just videoing stuff. Okay. I guess we need to go straight to the Planet Motor Bombshell because you want to discuss this, don't you? I do. Yeah, press that button. Uh, I can't press that button due to the current landscape, but I can press this button. This is not a bombshell. Moto bombshell of a week time. Escaping everyday life and riding has, in Spain has never been better. And hold on to your hats, Planet Moto Holidays have released their 2022 winter dates. Yesterday, I believe. So hot off the presses. Just going to pull those up for you now. 2022 dates. October the 3rd to October the 10th. October the 27th to October the 20th. Wait, that's a typo. October the 31st <laughs> to November the 7th. November the 14th to November the 21st. November the 28th to December the 5th. December the 12th to December the 19th. October the 17th to October the 24th. Many dates available at Planet Motor Holidays for Spain this coming winter. Spaces are limited, of course. Email info at planetmoto.co to book your dates now. Many weeks available there through October, November, and December. Get on it now. Don't miss out. Go riding in Spain when the weather is just perfect. You can't get anything better than that now, can you? Planet Moto Holidays is a place to go to have the best possible experience riding. What did you want to discuss, James? I want to discuss the fact that a team communicated all through the week to check if uh, a Russian rider was able to partake in the GP at the weekend. And we're told, yes, there's no problem at all. Now, given that Formula One had made the decision, as well as uh, the Olympics, as well as uh, the Winter Olympics, uh, everything else, Paralympics, the whole lot, uh, have made the decision to suspend any Russian athlete. The FIM were adamant that, yep, everything's fine. Uh, Sever Brylaikov, done free practice, time practice, even done and qualified in the qualifying race. Uh, I think it was 18th or, or 19th. Completed it. Everything's no problem. Only to be told after the race that he was no longer able to ride the rest of the weekend due to the FIM uh, having a meeting and deciding that uh, they were then going to basically suspend all Russian athletes. 
I just think, you know, I, I respect the FIM. I respect what they do. Um, you know, those guys, you know, are paramount to the sport. But this, this decision is ludicrous. I understand what's going on over in Ukraine. We all do. I just don't understand that you make this decision after he's qualified. He's already at the event. Yes, but it's not the FIM. It's not the FIM motocross department. It was the FIM board of directors, meaning that they didn't probably even know there was an MXGP round going on because they were looking at every single sport that FIM touches, which is more than you can even begin to imagine, I presume. Brilliant. So, so that gives them an opportunity to um, work on some holes within their organization because if they don't know what's going on... Okay, that's a lot. That was wrong. But what I'm saying is it's not... If it was a meeting in the MXGP paddock, then yeah, strange timing. But it was a meeting of the board of directors and that, that decision then obviously trickled down into different areas, different sports, different departments. And then... Because I'm guessing the I'm guessing the people in charge of FIM motocross don't really know what the board of directors are doing, and the who board knows? of directors just who knows. But that's not Seva's fault. It's not the team's fault. And to make that decision after he's already attended the event and qualified is pure ludicrous. Like the world has gone mad. Like make the decision on the Wednesday. Make a decision on the Monday after. Don't make the decision after he's already raced, after he's already put his life on the line oh participating gosh. in an event. Can we talk about the fact that you thought that it, would, that it cost the team 30 grand to go to Mantua? Well done, Lewis. Concentrate on that. Literally, that was, just a, that was just a throwaway figure. Like We all know that they had seven members of staff. They literally sent a truck down, the fuel for the truck, everything else what goes into a team going there. It wasn't 30 grand, but it might have been 10 or whatever. That's not, that's not what we should be focused on here. The, I, 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 just, I just can't understand the, just the, there, there is just no common sense in this, in this world when you make a decision like that. Just absolutely bonkers. That is the bombshell of the week. Uh, just angry and disappointed. I think shared by a lot of people, uh, you know, as well. I'm just you know, saying it on a podcast show, but there's a lot of people um, around the world. Prick. You, oh, just have have to ruin, you just have to ruin everything. I was going to, you said that was a Planet Motor bombshell. I was going to play the we bombshell. We don't but... need your comedy. It's not uh, funny. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to be funny. We don't I need don't, your comedy. I'm not allowed to press the bombshell sound and I was trying to play the bomb, end the bombshell segment. Continue. There's nothing to continue. You've, you've ruined the, the moment. You've ruined the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're supposed to be collective here and making a stand against a shit decision. I don't understand really any of it, to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't. Brilliant. Thanks for your input. And I don't, I don't, so I don't feel like I'm qualified to comment. No, we, you just stick to motocross, mate. You're a safe space. <laughs> I don't really understand any of it, to be honest. I know. Stay to your safe space. Um, we've, we've talked about this. That is your Planet Moto bombshell. 2022 dates are now available. Head to planetmoto.co or Planet Moto Holidays on social media. 2022 dates are now available. That is a... I don't have a sound, but like, you know, the siren. 2022 dates are now available. Act now. Planetmoto.co, Planet Moto Holidays on social media. What else, James? Uh, what bombshell? 
No, we're done with a bombshell. I was going to say, is that a, do you want more? Um, I think that is the biggest bombshell ever. It's just like ridiculousness. Yeah, it's me moving on from the bombshell. And moving on from the bombshell. I think we've kind of... I've, two rounds down, the main protagonists are, are, are showing themselves. Um, I think there's still more to come from those people. I mean, at the end of the day, we can't get too carried away. It's two rounds. We've got Argentina overseas. We've still got you know, what is it, 17 rounds to go. So it's, it, there's a lot that can happen. Um, let's just hope there's no injuries and, you know, more riders not on the start line because it's kind of bare. But I think, uh, you know, going to Argentina, it's, the fr- it's going to be the first overseas race. It is, it is a hard one. There's so many hours of traveling involved. God knows how many flights you have to do. But the riders do love the track, hey? Yeah, everyone loves it. Everyone loves going there. Everyone's excited. Everyone's buzzing. Everyone who's going is really excited. No one doesn't want to go there. Indonesia, okay, maybe people don't want to go, but Argentina, everyone's absolutely buzzing. I think Karoli's going. Wow. Not to race, not to race. <laughs> not to race. <laughs> to watch. It's, to watch. It's interesting. I, I'm, I'm quite surprised. That's three GPs, and I didn't really think we'd see Karoli this year. Like, well, I, he said, I heard that he's got a ticket from when it was cancelled in 2020, so he's got a ticket that he has to use. Oh, okay. Which makes sense. But it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I just thought maybe he would have checked out by now, you know, and kind of done. Like, we haven't seen, like, we've seen Paul Anne sort of turn up in France once. Uh, DeSalle, we've not seen. Everybody DeSalle else. Was it, DeSalle was in Spain last year. Okay, so, yeah, one each. Like, Caroli's done back-to-back GP so far. So, um, I, I, just genuinely, I just genuinely took it that he would uh, just check out, enjoy his life, spend time you know, with son, but he seems to be more involved in motocross now in these around the pits and talking to fans, which I think is amazing um, because he is a great ambassador for the sport. But I just, I just didn't see that, didn't see that one coming. I just thought he would like, okay, I've done what I've, you know, it still seems that he wants to be involved. He loves the sport. So great to see. Yeah. Some people just love it beyond their riding, don't they? And Crowley is a super fan, I think. So yeah. I think he is of all motorsports, to be honest. I think if he could go to a different motorsport every weekend, he quite happily would. No, it's cool. It's mega to see. And uh, I think I, I, I must have seen him pass. Uh, and he doesn't just like, you know, he's not like he's sort of s- sitting around hospitality. The guy's more, he was literally on his electric uh, uh, scooter more times than actual riders were out on track. He's literally he was pinging past the uh, media center doing 100% sign-in and uh, KTM sign-in and everything else. So um, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. Also, my little tip for anyone uh, who is going to a GP oh, this year. Here we go. Is is uh is get to a get to an airport early in the morning. Honestly, it's the who's who. Every rider you want to get an autograph from, everything. It's, How it's many great. autographs did you get? And then, oh, no, no, it is um, it is that is a that is truth. That is there is truth to that. What have you done with Dougie? Because I'm not hearing any barking this week. Have you gagged him or something? No, I don't actually know where he is. That's that's idea. good. Great owner. I'm not really an owner. I'm more of a. I'm just here. Technically, yeah, you're a guardian. Let me tell you this, James. Okay, Lewis. Because I actually forgot to do this. Support for the MX Vice show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MXVICE, all word, one caps. 
at manscaped.com. The performance package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived and oh man, it is a game changer. Inside the package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. MX Vice, all caps, one word, 20% off and free worldwide shipping at Manscaped. And that code will be continuing because you all bought enough stuff in the first week for them to sign up for the rest of the year. So happy days. The code continues. The code lives. MX Vice discount at Manscaped. Very happy to be uh, involved with those guys. Uh, a real mainstream company. So quite a big step for the old podcast. Just mainstream. Yeah. Uh, mainstream a little bit. You know, you guys will be on BBC next. Thanks for the support. Um, uh, how have you found the Lawnmower 4.0? It's a great product. I'd highly recommend it. And I love saving money. So 20% off would do me just right. What about the, the cut? Does it, does it feel good? Are they nice and smooth? It's a professional cut. It's a professional product. It's something you wouldn't think you need, but you really do. And obviously there's a lot there as well with a weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. I've actually got one of those here that I don't... So your nose is clear, use. your balls are clear, everything's clear. No, I don't really need to use the ear and nose hair, hair trimmer at this point in my life, but um, if I did, I would be. Cool. Okay. 20% off, MX Vice, all caps, one word, at manscaped.com. Thanks to those guys for coming on the podcast in 2022. Fantastic. And that code is continuing over the coming months. So as a, once again, you can make multiple purchases or do whatever you need to do. Take your time. There's no pressure anymore. Yeah. Buy one for a friend. Anybody you know who's got uh, you know, uh, an issue and needs to clear out some weed whacking, um, you know, just politely give them the code. Just say, look, you're helping a friend out and you're also helping yourself out. Good stuff. Um, anything else to say? No, I'm all good. Uh, I'm actually a little bit gutted I'm not going to be in Argentina. Um, I would really like to go. You didn't like it last time? I would like to go, but I, I, I can't do the whole four days. Like I, I'd, if I go to Argentina, I'd like to go like Wednesday to Wednesday. Just putting that much travel, like 46 hours on the plane. That's not including uh, security lines, airports... Uh, drive into the track. 46 hours on a plane is incorrect. <laughs> How many hours on a plane is it? I don't know about on a plane, but it was 36 hours door to door, so including security lines and stuff. 46 hours on a plane, I think we'll get way you to the moon. Way more there. It is way more than that. It was horrific. No, I'm pretty sure that 46 hours on a plane will get you to the moon. Or what, the what was London to Buenos Aires? That's like 14. 14. Then there's another four hour. No, um, there's another hour and a half. I thought it was a four hour um, no. flight between Buenos no. Aires and. Um, no. no. Okay. So, so, so three hours there and back, obviously, three hours and then 28 to so 31 hours. How long is it? What was the drive to the track? That was two hour hour and a half. Hour and a half, two hours. Um, so that's another four hours. Um, and then I had obviously four hours to Gatwick for, or three hours to Gatwick from my house and back was six. Okay, thank you for breaking this down for us. So not really over-exaggerating. It was freaking horrific. Um, good luck to everybody who's going. You're never going to have time back in your life. And good luck to you at the British Championship this weekend. I will need it. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm actually excited to go. You're, uh, not going to f you're not going to be an idiot, are you? You're actually going to go and try and do a good job. Yeah, definitely. Um, Just I'm, for anyone listening to this who thinks you're going to be an idiot. No, no, no. I'm, I'm there to, um, you know, we've got the next generation of, uh, of UK riders coming you're gonna, through. You're going to let the steady hand of Lou steer the ship? Ah, no. Your hands are going nowhere near my ship. 
well, I will be having a uh, employee meeting with you on Friday to discuss plans for the weekend. Brilliant. I'm not in. So uh, please leave a voicemail, which I will never listen to. Can't promise that any of your content will make it publish. Uh, like I said, you have no choice. Uh, I will be um, taking over MX Vice for one weekend. And this will be happening eight weekends this year. What are the chances you do all eight rounds? Uh, there's a high chance. Because I hate to say, I thought it'd be 100%, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you've signed up for. Yeah, there's a high chance. Uh, there's actually a contract agreed, so I have to go to every round. Because there are people, I'm not going to lie, James, there are people out there who are doubting your ability to make it to all eight. Hey, I've done two out of two GPs. It's more, that's, that's an incre- incredible achievement already. No, we're, we're definitely, we're on board. Um, we're pushing it. Um, I kind of left it a year just to see how uh, the new regime sort of, you know, sort of took the championship along with COVID. They've had a real hard time. And you know what? It's, it's, it's still going. It's going in the right direction. Um, so you, do you know what? You have to support it. So and that's what we're doing. So um, we're, we're going back uh, for the riders, for the teams, uh, for the industry and, uh, and give it the uh, love that it needs. Okay. Thank you, Fly Racing Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, for Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. That was part three of the MX Vice show, the final part, and it was presented to you by Prox Racing Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything but Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Thank you to everyone for listening to episode 96. Episode 97 next. I believe we'll be back next week, but I need to just, we'll see how things go. We'll see if anything happens over the weekend or over the coming days. The great thing is, is next week, Lewis, um, I could be the, the actual producer of the show. What do you mean, the producer? Rob from Jukebox Beats is on holiday, so here I am. Well, I'm guessing that means we're not doing a show next week, then. What do you mean? Well, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Maybe qualified. It will be fine. I'm doing the British show as well, so oh, it's all good. Maybe episode 97 will happen next week, but if not, the weekend after Argentina. Thank you for listening for episode 96. Thank you to all of the companies for supporting this podcast. Please support those companies. MX Vice, all caps, one word, 20% off on Manscaped. MX Vice, all one word on even strokes, and that will get you 10% off of everything site-wide. So evenstrokes.com, 10% off using code MX Vice. Thank you for listening. Thank you, James Burfield. Thank you, Lewis Phillips. We'll be back quite soon with episode 97. See ya! You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, 
Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with three Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.